Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We don't have to be afraid. God promises that He will protect His children. Today, Pastor J.D. comforts us with the truth that God will keep us safe from the evil that surrounds us. Our future might look uncertain when we watch the news and all we see is conflict, but God is in control. He's the keeper of our souls. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 24th, 2023. Some people, when they come to Christ, they're a blank slate, and that's what Paul had when he started this church in Thessalonica. He had new believers that had just come to Jesus Christ. They were a blank slate. And what's the first thing he teaches them about? The pre-tribulation rapture of the church to new believers. How about that? How about a new believers class? Bible prophecy. The pre-tribulation rapture. No, this is the new believers. That sounds like the advanced one. No. The advanced one is, actually, you left your first love, Ephesus, 35 years later. That's the advanced. Again, I I did the very thing I said I wasn't going to do and go there, but I already went there, so let's come back now to 2 Thessalonians 2. This is the only thing standing in their way, is the restrainer who has yet to be taken out of the way. And here's the thing about the restraining of evil. Not only is there the restraining of evil, there's the sustaining of righteousness. Even in the midst of lawlessness already at work, as we're going to read here in a moment. So the restrainer not only restrains the evil, but sustains the righteous until that final day when the church is raptured and the restrainer is taken out of the way, which could be any day. I'm still not available. Even if I am still here, I'm just not available for anything. People say, hey, what about, are you available on this date? Uh, Probably not. I mean, if I am, I'm still not going to be available because I may not be here. And I mean that, by the way. Wait till we get to the but God testimony. I chose it for that reason, as you'll see here momentarily. So here's the order. Second Thessalonians 2. The church is raptured, verse 3. The Antichrist is revealed. The restrainer is taken out of the way. And all H-E double toothpicks quite literally breaks loose. The Antichrist now who's been revealed... They rebuild the temple. He commits the abomination that causes desolation when he exalts himself as God in the temple of God, declaring that he is God. This is all Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It's all nicely arranged and organized 
for someone like me who needs it to be nicely arranged and organized. You know how some people are. You know who you are. I won't look again. But it's right there, just perfectly in order and makes perfect sense. Because it's the perfect Word of God. Rapture, Antichrist revealed, restrainer taken out of the way, and then the strong, powerful delusion. Already at work. Already at play. Let me just read verses 5 through 7, 2 Thessalonians 2. And this is why I love this when Paul does this. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Never imagine, because see, I know when I do it, it sounds like I'm upset and frustrated. Don't you remember? I don't think that was his heart. I think it was kind of like, did you guys already forget? You don't remember when I was still with you, that I told you all about these things? He had to write his second letter after his first letter, because that's, I know, deeply profound, because the second usually comes after the first, but because they still had some questions, and they were needing clarification, and Paul's like, okay, I'll write another letter, and you don't remember? Well, let me remind you. So here's a reminder, verse 6, and now you know what is restraining. You already know this. I'm just reminding you of this, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, the restrainer. Can you imagine how pronounced evil is in our world today with the restrainer? I mean, I don't even want to imagine what it's going to be like once the restrainer is taken out of the way and the church is removed. See, we're the salt and the light. You know what salt and light does, right? Salt, (laughs) again, deeply profound, I know. It not only flavors, but it preserves. See, in that day, they didn't have refrigerators. So the salt was used as a preserving agent to keep things from going rotten. We're salt, keeping things from going rotten. How about light? I know this is dorky, but whatever. Have you ever noticed that there's no such thing as a dark switch? Okay, good, good. Good thing I waited till later to do that one. No, it's a light switch. Why? Because when when you turn on the light, the darkness go bye-bye. That's why we don't need a dark switch. Just turn on the light. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be salt and light. I reflect His light. So if I'm reflecting His light, the light of the world... And I don't hide my light under something covering it up, a bushel. No, I let it shine. Oh, that sounds like a song. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Just when you get a chance, Capone, that's a good one. You just let your light shine. Because when your light is on and your light shines, there's not going to be any darkness. But now you take that light out, ooh, it's going to get dark and rotten, and evil through and through. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And here's the bottom line to everything (laughs) I just said, which probably could have been said in a lot shorter amount of time, if it were somebody else saying it. (laughs) 
the evil in the world today that the Lord is going to protect me from is a telltale sign of how close we are to the last hour. And I'm going to end the way we began with God's word fitly spoken, assuring us and encouraging us that the Lord is protecting us from all of the evil surrounding us. And let me fill in one blank on that. He will protect us from the evil as He gets us through the evil. We're in the world, but not of the world. So we're subjected to the evil that is in the world. But that evil does not need to be in us. Because if the light that is in you is dark, how great is that darkness, Jesus said in Matthew 6. So we have a promise from God. We have a word. God's given us His word. And His word is that He's going to protect us. Yeah, but Lord, it's getting really, really, really evil. I know. I'm going to protect you. Psalm 121. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to guard you. And you can go ahead and sleep. And you can sleep well, because I'm watching over you while you're sleeping. I'm going to take care of you. Keep watch over you. I'm going to guard you. I'm going to be a shade. My right hand is going to shade you. And I'm going to protect you. See, the restrainer, again, is restraining, because that's what, <laughs> that's what the restrainer does. He restrains. But he's not just restraining the evil, but he's also restraining and protecting us from said evil. And maybe somebody needs to hear that today and be reminded of that today. Because evil is crouching at the door of your Christian life, and it's very real, and it's very raw. And you needed this reminder today that God is going to protect you. I know it's getting bad. I know it's getting dark. I know it's getting evil. But God will protect you and see you through, no matter how evil it is. Now, how does he do this? By not allowing me to be moved or shaken. You know, as Christians, as born-again Christians, we should be so solid, no matter what's happening in the world around us. And we need to be immovable, and not shaken by the evil in this world. Because God is going to watch over me and keep me safe and guard my soul. And He started the day that I gave my life to Him and was born again. He's been watching me every day. I, this might be a word for somebody today, and, I, and I'm almost done. I appreciate your patience, but I want you to hear this. God is not worried about you. That came out so wrong. This is why I need notes. He, just, he doesn't worry. He's not concerned about me. No, that's not what I said. He's not fretting and worrying and fearful about you and what's in store for you. Because he knows the end from the beginning. You're worried, right? He's not worried. You're worried about, and we always worry about tomorrow, right? That's Matthew 6. In fact, verse 34, I don't like this verse. Is it okay if I say that? It starts off good. Jesus said, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. I'm good. And then he had to go on and say this, for tomorrow, sufficient unto the day are the troubles therein, tomorrow. 
I was good when you told me not to worry about tomorrow. Now you're telling me tomorrow's going to be the problems that I'm going to worry about are going to be there when I wake up tomorrow. Yeah. But get this, the tomorrow you worried about yesterday is today. I'll give you a minute. But God is not worried. Could you imagine if God were wringing his hands? I love Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, he looks up and he sees the Lord seated, not on the couch, on his throne. And the train of his robe, the glory just filled the entire temple. And they're just holy, holy, holy. And could you imagine Isaiah? He looks up and he sees God pacing back and forth. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. You, Gabriel, Michael, get over here. We need to strategize. No. He's seated on the throne. He rules over all and overrules all. So he's not worried about you. He loves you. He's concerned, of course, but he's not worried about you because he's got you. And he knows his plan that he has for you. And it's not to harm you. It's to give you a future and a hope. And to prosper you and to bless you. God wants to bless you. Come on, father, mother, parent, grandparent. How much do we want as fallen parents want to bless our children? How much more our Heavenly Father? When my boys were little, man, they fought all the time. And we were on them constantly. And just my prayer life at that time was, God, please, God, please. Well, and then God said, you asked me to make you a man of prayer. So I just gave you two boys. And that... That's how I answered that. Oh, I'm a man of prayer now. But I remember one time in our devotions in the morning, I told them, I said, I know this might be shocking to you, but your mom and I don't wake up in the morning figuring out, looking forward to how it is that we could discipline you. You're looking at me like they did when I said that. And they're kind of like, you don't? Like they were surprised. Because it seemed like that, right? No, we, we wake up in the morning and we're not thinking, man, I can't wait to ground that kid. Can't wait to discipline that kid. No, it's, hey, can't wait to surprise them with the water park. That'll bless them. How much more, Heavenly Father? Oh, He loves you. He guards you. This, of course, comes packaged with the presupposition that we're even aware of the evil and that God will protect us in and through the evil. But there's another presupposition, which is that this promise, everything that I've just shared, it only applies to those who are born again of the Spirit of God. So that's why we end with the gospel. Because everything I just talked about, That is not a promise for you until you come to Him and are born again of the Spirit of God. How are you born again? Believe in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's very simple. It's ABC simple. The gospel is good news. Your debt has been paid. The penalty's been carried out. You're free to go. Good news. Jesus came and died for you instead of you. 
What are the ABCs? Well, it's just, again, another tool. It's just one of many, but it's a very simple one. To equip you, should God ever give you the profound privilege of sharing Jesus with somebody? The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. You sin. Otherwise, why would you have any need for or interest in the Savior? Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one is good. You might think you're good, you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why, it's because all of us, every single one of us, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, here's a Romans 6.23, which puts the two together, the bad news first. What's the bad news? Oh, it's the penalty. What's the penalty? The wages of sin is death. Now, you ready for the good news? Here's the good news. The good news is is that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is good news. And by the way, gift, you don't pay for it. He paid it in full on the cross. The B, very central, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean? To, To put your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins. It's central, this belief. You know the saying, seeing is believing? How about believing is seeing? If you believe, then you'll see. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. And then lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or confess with your mouth. And by the way, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess, but when they do, it will be for damnation, not salvation. Romans 10.9 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That word will, that's huge. The jury's not out. The verdict's in. There's no question. The Apostle John says, you can know that you have eternal life. Not hope, not wish, not think. No, you can know. You will be saved. Today's But God testimony comes from Natalie Haygood, who writes, you'll see why I chose this one here in a moment. Hi, Pastor J.D., I have been a believer since I was a child. I have been close in my faith, but I have wandered just like every other sinning believer. When COVID hit, I started doing serious research, and I came across one of your sermons. I haven't missed one in over three and a half years now, and I always find them a blessing and great hope. Months into COVID, my hours were cut in half, so I found a new local job. I was at that job for just under my six-month probationary period when my manager got sick, and they required me to get a COVID test, which I rejected because I do not trust the fake PCR test, so my employer let me go. Even though my husband was currently unemployed, and now I was too, I trusted God 100%, and by His grace, I just knew we would be fine. Months later, I found out my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And by the grace of God, I was able to be with her the last two months until she held my hand 
took her last breath, and went to be with Jesus. See, if I had been working at my job, I would not have had that time with my mom but God. A year and a half ago, I got the best job I've ever had with a great company, making great money and working remotely. My husband started a business, and we are doing great, better than ever before. All of this happened because I just trusted God. I didn't doubt him, that's James, for a minute. And if it wasn't for COVID, (laughs) this is interesting, I would have been sinning and worrying about the world and not sleeping at night. There it is. See that? Now I sleep like a husband. No, wait, wait. Because everyone knows babies don't sleep. LOL. That's a good point. How'd you sleep? I slept like a baby. Oh, you were up all night screaming. Yeah. Anyway, I listen to the Bible audiobook every night. I start at Matthew, and by the time I wake up, I'm in the end of Luke or beginning of John. Now I can practically quote the Gospels verse by verse. I've been following prophecy teachers that I've loved over the last few years, but I find myself frustrated lately. I feel like they all would rather put out videos about date setting. I now find myself passing over their videos and watching Bible teachings instead. I feel that they are more worried about not being wrong and not getting excited about our blessed hope instead of maybe doing the research for themselves. Thank you for never taking away my blessed hope. Thank you for always speaking truth, giving it to us right between the eyes. Yeah, I do that. And always teaching us a lesson that shows us how God has given us a message in the Bible that goes hand in hand with what's really going on in this world. Thank you for crying at times. Yeah, I do that. Getting excited at times. I really do that. Yelling at times. I always do that. (laughs) And more importantly, just being your honest self. I don't know how to be anything else. God bless you, your family, your staff, and your congregation. See you in the clouds. Nah. Can't wait. See you there. We live in a world that is most unforgiving of delaying the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Choose life this day. Choose who you're going to serve. Father, thank you. Yes, it is getting evil, But thank you, God, that you protect us from all evil, in and through all evil. Thank you that you guard over us, watch over us, keep us, keep us safe. Lord, thank you that everything that we're seeing in the world today as evil waxes worse and worse seemingly by the day, Thank you for telling us in your word that it was going to happen before it happened, so that when we see it begin to happen, we know that our redemption draws nigh. So, Lord, so be it. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. 
If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth. 